0: A warm welcome to the second episode of Accommodation Matters, which this month is about the transition to university for new students. I'm Darren Ellis, Higher Education Engagement Director at Unite Students. We're the UK's largest provider of purpose-built student accommodation, housing around 75,000 students across 177 properties in 27 leading university towns and cities. With me today, I have Claire Marchant, Chief Exec for UCAS, Wayne Templeman, Director of Sixth Form at St Bonaventure School in London, James Greenwood, Student Experience Manager at the University of the Arts in London, and Joe Blair, Area Manager at Unite Students and ASRA, Regional Representative for Scotland. It's great to have you all here, thank you for joining me. The transition to university for new students is something, quite rightly, that's had a lot of attention over recent years. It's a major life transition, especially for those who are moving away from home for the first time. It's an area we've researched quite extensively since 2017 in partnership with HEPI. And building on this, we launched the LEAP skills programme last year with Department for Education endorsement, which helps to prepare young people to live away from home. In this podcast, we're going to be talking about the transition to university for new students this year, and also touch on what, what we might expect next year. But we really can't start this conversation without acknowledging where we are right now. Because of course, as a result of the pandemic, we are in a completely new and constantly evolving situation. We've all heard the news stories about how students are behaving or not in their accommodation and the difficulties they are facing through local lockdowns. James, can I turn to you first? Do you think these are a fair representation of what's actually happening on the ground?
1: Um, well, quite frankly, no, um, it's my kind of blunt answer, but, um, at the university I work at, University of the Arts London, we haven't yet activated any lockdowns, um, like other universities have around the country. So, um, I'm speaking really from the point of view of other colleagues from across the sector that I speak to on a weekly basis, but I have heard horror stories, uh, from other universities where the press have actively, you know, hounded students to, to beg beg with them to make it look, you know, sadder on camera and and all sorts of horrible things, which just isn't fair. Um, And it's had a real negative impact on student well-being. But I have to be totally honest with you that, um, you know, we've experienced a few students that that haven't really followed the rules as much as what we would have liked, but we always knew there would be the odd few. Um, And so, you know, in a nutshell, I I think that the the, the press haven't really been as fair as maybe they should have. Um and overall I think us as a university are trying to take a bit of a slightly different approach, um, getting students to, you know, work with us through a community pledge. Um and we've produced lots of different animated videos, live webinars, online articles, um, lots of things like other universities have and and I think all of this has helped to um keep a really mature and, and controlled environment, um, personally at University of the Arts London. But again, as I said, I think the press of um gone at this a uh, kind of a, I'd say a nasty angle um, and highlighted just one or two and small numbers of students rather than the whole population, which I think, you know, at least 80, 90% of students are following the rules and it, and it isn't fair really what's been put
0: out there. Thank you James. Um, Joe you're currently working on Unite's national Covid response and you're also connected with universities and accommodation providers across Scotland through your work with ASRA. Uh, students in Scotland started a couple of weeks before England and Wales so, so how are things north of the border and does it give us any clues as to what we should be anticipating or doing throughout the rest of the UK?
2: Yeah, so in Scotland, we've had some quite tough restrictions for a while now. So, we uh, in the Central Belt, you'll have seen a, a lot of the hospitality is closed. We can't mix households indoors, um, as examples. So, because the academic year starts earlier, um, we had kind of the first of um, cases starting in Glasgow. And to James's point around the media, yet that did make life a little bit more difficult for us. Um, But definitely what became really apparent very quickly was we had to get those basics right and make them scalable. And I would say um, one of the key things we've learned is simplicity is key. If you can get the basics right and get the welfare bit kind of in a nice flow, you're doing, if I can kind of say, the best thing for the students. Uh, And also you're creating a level of clarity that the students understand what's happening around them. And uh, you will always get a small proportion of people who don't follow the rules. But I think that's fair to say that's a cross section of society as a whole and not just restricted to the student population. Uh, And then I think the other key thing to kind of be aware of for the rest of the UK is we are seeing a bumpy tail So where you have the initial spike and it drops off, you will then get serial isolations and you will get kind of spikes in cases as one set of isolation ends and another one starts. And personally, I think that's going to be the rest of the year into next year. We're going to see that kind of repeated pattern.
0: Thank you. Thanks, Joe. Uh, Claire, I'm, I'm keen to turn to you now. Um, UCAS do a huge amount of work that helps students to make the transition to university. Could you tell us a little bit about what work uh, you've done recently and how have you had to adapt it since the pandemic began?
3: Sure, and I really like Joe's uh, two words there simplicity and flow. Because I think uh, uh, if you can bring that to many walks of student lives, it, it would help tremendously in these very uncertain times. Um, I think. Um, So to your point about sort of what we've done differently since the pandemic hit, well, certainly, you know, if you think back to 2019 and years before, we would have run 53 physical events to help students um, really understand what the university experience was like, make a choice about university and course. Because very often for students, this is a two-year exploration. They're they're looking at their options, they're thinking about what they're going to do, whether it's uh, going to university or not, what they're going to do at university, where they're going to go, what they're going to study, uh, you know, where they're going to live, for, for a good two years prior to going. Um, I think, you know, obviously we haven't run any of those events and we had to qu- quite quickly pivot that whole event experience to one online. But what's been a revelation since March uh, and certainly the period March to September has been the engagement on social media channels. And if you get really uh, relevant, engaging content and particularly peer-to-peer content for students, that helps them allay some of their fears, it helps them understand what it might be like to be at a certain institution studying a certain course um, and I think the other thing for, for, for UCAS particularly is in really ramping up that social media engagement not to do it alone to recognise that working with other partners is the best way to do it so we've done a significant amount we were, were engaged with these organisations before um, the pandemic hit but certainly our work with BBC Bitesize, uh, Witch, Unibuddy all of that has, has intensified and accelerated um, over the period to make it a really rich you know content you know people don't want to engage with reams of text they want to hear from people like them so I think that's probably the biggest thing that we've done differently um, and that's paid dividends because we know that we've had millions in that May, you know March September period it's almost double the amount of engagement we've got I think yeah. the other thing is um is just to remember that the stu- you know the students we're dealing with and whether they're mature students or 17 18 year olds are very digitally savvy and just to accelerate anything, and, and universities have had to, to learn this as much as we're at UCAS, anything you're doing needs to be digitally enabled. It needs to be virtually enabled. So, you know, innovations over the summer like Clearing Plus were were planned already, but go blimey, weren't they timely when they came mm-hmm. um, in terms of enabling student choice in a digital
0: way? Thank you. Thanks, Claire. Um, Wayne, um, could you paint us a picture of this year's new students? Um, obviously, those coming to university straight from school have already had a very disrupted year. What did they go through in their last year at school? And is there anything that universities and accommodation providers should be looking out for?
4: Um, well, first of all, it's great to hear um, from James that my students are behaving themselves. Um, that's, that's very good. <laughs> Um, and I must commend Claire as well in terms of just how the students have felt that universities and, and UCAS have enabled, um, you know, the institutions to reach out to the students. Um, you know, that's something which having done home visits and everything during lockdown, um, the students were were really quite positive about. So that's been fantastic. Um, first of all, what they went through was, you know, um, complete uncertainty and then once they realized they weren't going to have to sit their exams it was you know obviously they were were quite happy about it um in many cases um but then obviously it dawned upon them that they weren't going to get a chance to prove themselves um and then it just was very uncertain as to what was going to happen on results day um and obviously we know what happened there with the the fiasco of u-turns and everything else um so they're out of practice. That's, that's the main thing, um, for me is, you know, they've, they've had such a long time out of education and sixth formers aren't often very, um, keen to tell you how much they like school. So, um, they, they've definitely missed it. And I think, you know, that's, that can only be a positive thing for, for those students turning up at universities now. Um, but I think in, in general, they've, they've been through a lot of anxiety, um, a lot of uncertainty and, um, certainly, On results day, many of them were were very unsure as to what they were kind of walking into with online provision or real life provision. Um, and I think from what I, from what I've learned that different
0: universities are doing very different things. Mm. And, and actually, if we just take that sort of flow of that, then you've, you've got these students feeling uncertain. And, uh, and James, I'm going to come to you here because the University of the Arts is well known within the sector for its strong residence life programme. And an important element of that programme is helping new students, these new uncertain students in many cases, to make that transition to university. How, how have you had to approach it this year? Uh, and has it been different to previous years? Um,
1: yeah, it's it's very, very different. Um, we're used to uh, an all singing and dancing programme across all of our 12 halls of residences scattered across London. So um, the students would experience all of that in person and, and we switched all of that back in March actually when we first went into a lockdown. Um, we've had students in our halls and Joe will say the same across Unite throughout the whole of uh, the summer. So we've had to transition very, very early Um, And now we've upscaled that once again, now that um, the bulk of our new students are back in. Um, But although it's digital, I I do think the students are enjoying it. Um, I I think that they're liking the fact that there's still something there. And I think they appreciate that we've done everything we can um, within the circumstances. As I mentioned before, we've hosted a number of live webinars uh, where students could ask us questions if they wanted, and and they were a big hit to transition and get students used to um, what it will be like. Um, We then, uh, about a month before students started arriving to the university, started more localised live webinars. So uh, when students knew which hall they might be living in, um, we did a local webinar, which was about that area, that building, um, and what it would be like to transition and move there. And I did sit in on some of these sessions and I thought to myself, you know, why have we not done this before? We've missed a trick here. And I think that's one of the positives of um, what we've gone through is that we've learned new ways of working and things that we will definitely 100% keep at this university. Um, But things are harder this year, Um, especially, I think, at UAL, where we've got um, over 50% of our students are international. So um, a lot of those students are and naturally in self-isolation so we've had to provide a lot of support to those students um, with our action-packed res life program um, and we've really tried to offer at least one or a number of activities every single day um which again as i said they started april march may time and will continue for the rest of the academic year um and some of those things very simple they are very simple things like we do a teen talk session which is a peer-to-peer session um every every week the students can book onto it's a video chat with another student ambassadors and these are so popular we can see that students want to talk to each other still from their rooms uh, until they're allowed back out um and we've also alongside that done some more large scale things so we've done um you know we d- ran an event on Friday called UAL stays in and we had um, not far off a thousand students log on to that um, session with live DJs we delivered pizza to over 500 flats so i think we're I think we're going out of the box a little bit um, and it's great that we work at University of the Arts and we can be experimental and try different things Um, but I think the key to all of this and to attract as many students as possible and keep them engaged throughout this um, quite strange time is to keep it on trend and I know Claire mentioned before about keeping it relevant and and keeping it current and, and that's key to everything i do and that's um why i also have quite a young team around to to keep it relevant so that's in a nutshell what we've done
0: um that's that's yeah. a lot <laughs> um, and, and, I, and i'm just struck by you know how engaging that program sounds, but how do we make sure, other than sort of through podcasts such as these, that other universities, you know, learn and talk to each other to share this best practice, this great stuff that will help students transition to university? How do you go about doing that? How do you share your, these great ideas can I just uh... um, me
1: personally, I'm quite heavily involved with ASRA, so is Joe on the call um but also I've just taken yeah. over as the chair of the residential um res experience side of Cubo too um and I'll be presenting at their conference in November I believe um and I think that's that's the key to just share you know don't keep hold of it um whatever you can do right now, which might benefit other universities colleges private sector share it out there's no reason why we shouldn't be sharing um good things right now um but i think it, the other way around it's very important to allocate time um every single week to do your own research and you know find what other universities are doing or colleges um, and learn from them and I, I push that on my team to make sure that they're constantly researching and it's quite key
0: yeah. I mean, it does really demonstrate the importance of those sector bodies and sharing best practice. You've referenced Azra and Cubo and of course, Amoshi as well. So, so really helpful and insightful. Thank you. Um, I just wanted to ask, I suppose I wanted to go back in time a little bit, really. Um, cause we've talked a great deal about how students have settled in and that, that was right because that is very much front of mind at the moment. But I, I just wanted to just reflect on how prepared do you think school leavers were this year to actually live away from home? Um, So um, we talked about... Um, the various uh, various items that uh, UCAS have uh, pulled together, and I know uh, Facebook live events, for example, are getting over a hundred thousand attendees to each one. I mean, it's a staggering amount of uh, engagement. But Wayne, if I could start with you, how prepared do you think school leavers
4: were this year? Um, I think sort of it's quite a simplistic view I have on this one um, because it's quite a big decision for for my students to make that decision to live away from home. Um, we do still have a lot who who choose to stay home um, you know, and have all those sort of security measures that, that, that they've got there in place. Um, but again, I think it was really interesting that just my students, their experience this year seemed to be different and, and that they felt like a lot of the universities were reaching out to them. Um, and so I, th- I think with being locked down for an extended period, I, I think that the students that make the decision to, to move away Are very prepared and very ready and and really excited about um, what they're going to be doing Um, and they've had enough time to sort of get their heads around it whereas you know the the students that have chosen to stay home are, are quite fearful and that's why they've made that decision to stay i think
0: right and claire do you have any further reflections on this topic
3: well, I think um, one of the things we're hearing, and again, hearing the sort of sentiment is different from it pre- tux, uh, playing out into reality, is those that are looking to, you know, apply for next year, um, actually, we've seen a big drop in those intending to, to live at home. Because I think what's COVID's done is you, you sort of shrunk all of our worlds a little bit, you know, it becomes our bedroom or our kitchen or, or, or mm-hmm. our study or whatever. And, and in that, um, in that context, I think students are actually quite excited about living away from home, but they're also quite pragmatic. All the students I speak to, because they 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 recognise this is a very big step for them, and very often it's a big step in a world that's very different from students that have lived away from home in previous years. Particularly if you're in one of those, you know, uh, very high risk or you know uh, high areas, as opposed to the medium areas. So I, I think it parallels society a little bit. They recognise it's very difficult, but most are excited about that big sort of step of independence albeit it comes with all the constraints that COVID's brought um, to all of our
1: lives.
0: Thank you and James what are your thoughts in this area? Uh, I think I have to
1: agree really with both Claire and and Wayne that students are prepared and personally I think they're very brave I'm not sure at the age of 18 I could have traveled thousands of miles to start a whole new you know life and start some new studies in a country I don't know and and also during Corona times, <laughs> it, I just couldn't have done it. Yeah. Um, so I, I am very admirable to the students that have, that have come over and chosen to study right now. Um, but I still think we've got a moral duty to help them and support them um, throughout this change and, and anything they might need this year to support them. Um, I, again, as you might have heard from my, what I said earlier, we're not the, the most traditional university and we won't take that same old approach. So we will try completely new ways of supporting students this year. Um, But I also think that we need to start planning and thinking that um, it won't, the next few years won't be the traditional students um, coming through at the same age. I know at University of the Arts now we're planning for cohorts of different um, summer schools, pre-sessional, short courses, um, and those ages will um, differ from right from actually 13, 14 years old. So the traditional university approach Um, won't apply and and my job will get very different uh, and more tough I guess in the next few years when we start planning for that that new way of working with new cohorts.
0: Mm. Thank you And, and Joe is there anything else you would like to add from what you've seen about the preparedness of school leavers arriving this year?
2: Yeah, I think uh, I agree with all the comments um, from James and Wayne and Claire, I would definitely say we need to be mindful that the students haven't, uh, school leavers coming into university haven't had the traditional experiences this year, you know, the sh- uh, signing of shirts are going to kind of poems in the same way as they have done previously. Um, so I think we need to be very mindful that we need to give students the choice of how they manage their kind of social aspects in a safe way and I would say the students also have been very pragmatic and actually really resilient and I think we need to recognise that resilience and kind of celebrate it um, because I don't think that's always reflected well in the media.
0: Great, thank you. Um, Claire, um, I just wanted to come to you now. We know that the demographic of students at some universities has changed this year due to the decisions around uh, A-level time. Uh, What do you think is going to be the impact of this change?
3: Um, I think there's, you know, as you say, there is a, a number of universities who, who will have many more 18-year-olds uh, than they would have previously um, had. Um, I'll come back to matures because I think there are universities with with health and social care on the increase that will see more mature students. Mm. I think that the increase in the 18-year-olds for many universities is about is about sort of really understanding as a university what's driving them now. Um, and and I think increasingly with an economic recession, you know. On the horizon, if not already uh, begun, is that that focus that we're seeing on um, a graduate job, uh, on employment rates, on um, the cost of living while you're there, the value for money while you're there, all of that has started to become much, much more important uh, for students in their decision making, um, and what they want out of their course, you know, and what they want out of the university experience. But I think in focusing on that. Um, Let's not lose sight of what excites most students about going to university and we know as well as the course and the course being enjoyable and being passionate about the course and interested in the subject actually making new friends is a big driver um, and so how do we you know as a university uh, sector um, and how does individual universities where they've got a greater 18 year old demographic enable the making of new friends so you know th- the examples uh, like James just mentioned are really really valuable for other universities to use from to learn from that. Was it tea and talk that you mentioned? You know, great, great ideas like that, small ideas that will enable the making of new friends when perhaps the traditional ways of making new friends are not there. Um, I think, you know, some universities uh, have got a very different demographic in terms of more matures coming through. Uh, we know the big increases in health and social care, particularly over the first lockdown period, we saw massive increases in in applications and acceptances to nursing. Uh, will mean that, A, it's a more diverse much more diverse student population, um, diverse in lots of different aspects, both in age, but also in terms of ethnicity, in terms of background and experience. Um, we also know that many of those students will have applied very late on in the application process, and so will perhaps almost surprise themselves that they've ended up at university. <laughs> it's like, um, so um, I think again, if you're a university that's got a, a much more increased mature cohort, um, really reaching out to them and understanding what their other caring responsibilities are and how they can fit this round and, and the sort of super flexibility that we've talked about, I think is is really, really important. So it depends on which university you are, but you're right, different demographic pressures on on each and, and different things to take account of.
0: Yeah, and just a quick question, you mentioned there about participation rates. Is it is is your anticipation that young participation rates will will continue to increase in particular?
3: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have obviously uh, an increasing demographic from this point onwards in terms of the UK 18 year olds, that does vary from region to region around not only England, but the four countries. Um, But, you know, as the economy and options to either travel or uh, options to get a a job are more limited than perhaps uh, pre pandemic, I would expect those entry rates to keep increasing as we go through.
0: Lovely. Thank you. Uh, Wayne, uh, when you um, spoke at our Insight Report, uh, Insight Report launched last year, you made some very interesting comments about students moving from an educational setting where their individual needs were very well known to one in which they were less well known. Would you like to say a little bit about that?
4: Yes, absolutely. Um, I think that just, you know, I've been a teacher for 21 years and it used to be very much that sixth formers were were treated like kind of, you know, that transition between child and adult. But the way education is now, um, we we treat everybody um, in schools like their children in terms of sort of the the, the pastoral care, um, the amount of meetings that we would have, the amount of support that's available, um for students who are maybe experiencing difficulty um and i I just commented on that at the time because I felt that they they were going from a very very quick transition whereas there there isn't that sort of oh well you're a sixth former you're you're a grown up you should be able to cope with this yourself. we don't treat them like that anymore so i was I was worried ultimately about some of my students as I am now, some of my year thirteens have gone off to university, and you know i I initially would have felt that i didn't want to communicate things to universities because I wouldn't want to disadvantage them. Um, but perhaps they've gone off now. And my worries that I had a few months ago are still there. And I, I questioned how much individual bespoke support they might receive whilst at university, because ultimately I,
0: I didn't know the answer to that. And I'm sure it's different at different institutions. Um, can I just turn now to next year? Um, I, it seems a long way away, doesn't it? Um, but um, of course, um, you, Wayne, you, and you, Claire, in particular, you're, you're working with those students. You know, right now, uh, many are preparing. You know, for their for their A levels, and we and 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 of course, we know now that those A levels will be delayed by three weeks. We know that the Scottish hires uh, are going to be delayed by a couple of weeks, but they are planned to take place at the minute, even if we don't know exactly how things will work out in practice. Wayne, if I could start with you first, how are they feeling at the moment uh, about those exams and what are their expectations around going to university? Um, my year 13s have come back and,
4: and right across the board, they, they, they've been fantastic. You know, They've They've missed school they're really excited uh about being back you know they they value the input from the teachers and the the lessons that they're getting because you know they didn't have them for so long so you know that that's been fantastic their attitude to learning's been excellent um but I do worry um obviously you know they are disadvantaged and have been disadvantaged by you know we we were you know there was a delay in our online provision um, you know we were worried about things like safeguarding and stuff like that so there is a gap and I do worry as we get closer to those exams you know we probably are going to have to handle some serious anxiety issues but um, you know having just finished my early entry students you know they're they're keener than ever um, to go to university um, I don't know necessarily why, why that is at the moment but I think they see higher education as a safe place as a place to, you know, secure a, a better future. Um, so I agree with comments already made that it, it's going to be very popular this year.
0: Clear. Um you Ucas had to adapt, as you've already uh, eloquently spoken about, the, the sort of usual admissions processes quite significantly last year to, to meet the constantly changing situation caused caused by COVID. Are, are you able to say anything about your expectations for how Ucas will manage uh, the coming year and uh, the admissions process, um, which has already, of course, commenced?
3: Yeah, I suppose um, the first thing to say is uh, if the pandemic's taught us anything, it's to expect the unexpected and to be super flexible and you know expect it to be unpredictable. And that's exactly how we're entering uh, this 2021 cycle. Having said that, our desire, and this is through talking to, to, to teachers around the four countries, is to keep um, everything as stable and as consistent as possible, uh, recognising that we ha- need to have plan Bs and sometimes plan Cs. Uh, so things like... Uh, you know deadlines for applications, so one of which is tomorrow and, and then the other one falls in January, trying to keep them the same. So, so teachers and their students have something to work towards. I think there is um the, the other couple of things that you know in terms of next year certainly uh, w- we as UCAS have had to bring new innovations forward uh, like we did last year. Uh, so enabling teachers who are very short on time now, you know, have to um, squeeze all of this sort of preparation for university applications in as well as catching up for teaching and making the you know the schools covid safe and all the rest of it so giving more hand-holding around things like personal statements providing actual entry grades historical entry grades for universities which we've never done before but provide those to teachers are things that we're putting um, in place i i think also um as well as expecting the unexpected sort of um just being aware that probably we're going to have a cycle that looks very differently in terms of behaviors so you know we're already seeing perhaps decision making in terms of applications you know having cho- chosen your five choices uh, delayed from where it was this time last year because you know Again, students are getting used to being back at university, it's the first half term, uh, sorry, back at school, the first half term, um, so they want to you know, get used to teaching. So those five choices are taking a bit longer um, to add through. Um, but I do go back to what I said before. All the sentiment we're seeing is that actually having been locked down for potentially eight months with, you know, your parents or guardians is actually giving students a new sense of enthusiasm for university because they can go out and be independent albeit we might be with uh, restrictions. So actually, they're looking at courses they might not have looked at before and locations they might not have looked before. And if we think about that sort of nine year trend we've seen of increasingly studying university closer to home this might be the first year that that books that trend um, because they are seeking that sense of independence. Um, And certainly what we need to do through the Witch City Guides and other sort of material we put out there is just help them virtually explore what that locational course might
0: be. Very interesting. Um, So we've nearly come to the end of our time together, um, but I wanted to finish by asking each of our guests for a top tip. Um, What is the one thing Uh, You have learned this year that you're definitely going to carry over into uh, next year. Uh, Could I hear from James on this first, please? So my
1: top tip would be, um, and I know everybody says it, but do take time out for yourself. I think it's more relevant now when you're working at home and the same with students being in their rooms. Um, Take some time for yourself. And as my dad always says, this isn't forever. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, that's a top tip i'm going to take on board as well as well as any student i'm sure uh brilliant thank you james uh and now joe um what would be your top tip
2: yeah so for i think it's more of a reminder of a top tip for me which is uh to keep things simple
0: lovely
4: thank you uh wayne yours um, for me, I think, you know, again, uh, teachers can be a bit stuck in their way sometimes. And I think some of the innovations and use of technology that we've had to engage with and, you know, it's been quite scary at times. But um, I think our students have really um, appreciated that we've had to adapt and overcome. Um, and so, yeah, developing practice and innovating for me.
0: Thank you very much. And last but certainly not least, Claire.
3: So I was going to take Wayne's, <laughs> but he's already taken it. <laughs> oh, <sorry. here>, so <laughs> certainly. Uh- <laughs> okay, I mean, my, mine was going to be about investment in digital. If there's anything that this has been a real wake-up call to the entire education sector around your investment in your digital estate is as important, if not more important, than your physical estate and buildings. But having uh, already sort of built on Wayne's one there, um, then I think the other, the other one would be um, what this, is, this whole period has taught us is it, certainly for those who are in leadership roles in organisations, whilst everything might look okay at a sort of macro system-wide level, this is all about education. It's all about individuals. And so continue talking and checking out with individuals. I mean, I do it on a sort of daily, weekly basis, you know, individual heads, individual students, individual university leaders, because um, uh, that's, that's where you get the real, this is what the experience is
0: like. Lovely. Thank you. Um, well, that's all we've got time for today. Um, I've really enjoyed chatting to everyone. And I'd like to take this opportunity to say once again, thank you to Claire, Wayne, James and Joe. Much appreciated. Uh, We'll be back next month when I'll be talking with a new panel of guests about student mental health. Until next time, stay safe and thank you for listening.